the Lord has taught me to be in community with one another and the importance of that community. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1.9 states, God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship, which is that relationship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And so the foundation of any of that meaningful relationship, that community, that common bond that we have in the Lord, is to first and foremost have our own relationship in the Lord. Um, we cannot have as meaningful of a relationship with one another in this community unless we are individually experiencing that vital fellowship with God. Um, so God first calls each one of us individually. We can't borrow or inherit our faith. We first and foremost grow with him in our time with him, and then he uses that relationship to grow us with one another and to mature us. Um, our relationship with God, our time with God, what he teaches us is used then by God to um, mature us, but then to be shared with others and to um, give others what the encouragement we have re received and we have learned in how we know who he is, we then can be that reminder and that light to one another through that community. In Hebrews 3.13, but encourage one another day after day, as long as it is called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And that is the phrase that caught my attention day after day. That is the side-by-side -side relationship that walks together with the purpose and intent to encourage and exhort one another towards Christ. And that is the key as well, Father, um, through this, is pointing each other through the Father to the Son, to the Holy Ghost, how he is at work in our lives, who he is, what he does. We need that constant voice in one another and to one another to just keep our eyes fixed on him. That is a community. That is the side-by-side -side sharing the gospel and the scriptures together. We help each other to see blind spots. We're held accountable to one another. We confess our sins to one another. We are to worship alongside one another. Scripture is filled with commands about what it means to fellowship together. We are meant to be in fellowship with one another. And on the one hand, we are drawn to that. But on the other hand, it means vulnerability. It means it can be overwhelming and scary. It can be a burden. It can be a hurt. It can be a betrayal. All I can encourage you with, ladies, is that he knows. He knows that hurt. He knows that burden. He knows that betrayal. And he calls us to it anyways. We are responsible for our own actions, and that is what I want to encourage you with, is to guard the trust that you have been given in that relationship, in that community. Guard your own and lean on him for the rest. We are each made in his image. We are each uniquely designed to reflect his glory, and that is how we see him through each other. As we are each uniquely designed, we know God is limitless, and he has uniquely created each and every person throughout history, which just kind of blows my mind, but it also reminds me and speaks to how limitless he is in his creativity, and each one of those individuals uniquely created is the ability to see him in one another, and that's why we stay together. There's no favoritism with God. Some ways to serve may be more seen than others, but to God we are all his creation, made for his glory to serve his purpose. So as we face, face these changes, be encouraged. The Lord is always at work, leading us for his own glory. I pray for his grace over each one of us as together we learn to walk worthy of his calling. So with all that said, you may begin to see some small changes, and one of those is we will have a rotating teaching schedule. 
Um, and I'm really excited about that. Um, the Lord is called Laurie, and you can start praying for her. She's going to teach next week and continue in that calling. And then we are going to get Sean as much as we can until she leaves, and Georgie as well, if you know her. Um, when I got to meet her, I was instantly blessed, and I just I can't wait to have this new format of teaching style. Um, and as was mentioned, signups have begun for the um, retreat as well, and those brochures are in the back, so um, start praying about that as well. So, okay, we're going to start with First and Second Timothy and Titus is what this session is going to be about. And as I was kind of just taking an overview um, of what those three books were, um, it really hit me that the parallel of what is happening um, here and what, Tim, uh, what Paul was writing to Timothy and Titus um, and that passing of the baton, um, you get the sense that he is running out of time and he wants them to know his heart. Um, and it just reminds us of, or, and it reminded me of my daughter, and as I mentioned, she's a junior, so there's a lot of talk about colleges and she's bound and determined to go off to college and she will find a way to accomplish that. But um, I find that sense of nearness of our time together, of her living under my roof, and having that influence in her life, um, drawing to a close. And you, you just start to think about all those things you want to say to them and what you want to just brain dump into them and make sure they know and they understand and they have a hold of. And that's the sense I get through these letters that are known as the pastoral letters that Paul is on his heart to Timothy and to Titus. Um, he's passing on the baton and he's laying out the guidelines and issuing the warnings for guarding the faith. And that is um, what we will pick up as we study how to guard that faith, how to um, live and establish his church so that we guard the faith, the gospel message, as well as our own faith, as well as other people's faith. We will learn our roles specifically as women and what that looks like as we apply how to guard our own faith and the faith of others and the message of the gospel. As Paul writes Timothy and Titus, we see he continues to stress the importance of guarding the faith. So we will study and learn these things for ourselves through the lessons. And specifically then, I want to speak about the lessons themselves. And not necessarily the lessons, but what our study time is with the Lord. And the purpose and the encouragement I want to give to you guys through the study. Um, Bible study is one of the ways we use to learn what it means to walk with the Lord. In many ways, it is a learned discipline. It is not legalism to establish rules you have set up for yourself in order to help you succeed in your Bible study. When you have to make yourself do it sometimes, and that will happen, it's not legalism to fall under that reminder of why and how and what you're guarding. Now, I will say, of course, that same activity is legalism if you have now turned that thought process into you have to do it because you are trying to earn his love or you're trying to find a blessing or you're doing it for some reason that is trying to earn you something with the Lord. That is legalism. But I want to encourage you guys in a couple different ways as you begin, if you're new to study, or even if you're a longtime veteran, and that's what we will do in our groups is discuss kind of ways to encourage each other and one another of um, 
how we have gained wisdom in guarding that time um, and gu or guarding our study. And that is one of the things, guarding our time, I want to encourage you guys to discuss. And we are mamas, we are sisters, we are wives, we have working jobs sometimes. Um, there's a lot of influence that outside influence to keep us away from studying. So find ways to um, set that time apart, to set a place apart, to set, and it's okay if you need to do five minutes here, five minutes there, 10 minutes by the end of the evening, and in a day as a whole, that is okay. It's not the specific how and when it looks the same to everyone, but the idea is that you're going to guard your time, whatever that looks like for you. We are going to try to guard our minds. You know that as we sit down, all of a sudden, every thought of every chore that I had no intention of doing when I, before I sat down is now in my head to now start and do. And I just think, oh, I'll just throw the laundry in while I study. That'll be a better use of my time. Well, those are things you're going to guard your, time, your mind with. And I will give you an example that I have learned to do is just keep a sketch pad or a notepad and write, okay, I need to remember this and I need to remember that. And I can just write it down and then let it go and then come back to it afterwards. And nine times out of ten, I probably won't get to it after I'm done with my study either still. It's, um, it's just one of those things that happens, and that's what we want to encourage one another with. And the last thing I want to encourage you with is to um, guard your method. And what I mean by that is that I want us to learn how to study and have a time with the Lord that is um, first and foremost with him, that our time and the tools that we use for the lessons are good and they're purposeful, but have your time and hear from the Lord. And my encouragement, if you are new to this, is speak or um, spend some time just reading the scriptures. Go through the scriptures a couple times, read it in a couple different translations. Um, just hear from the Lord things that maybe through the message or through that, that particular text, he is speaking to you, some highlighted things that words that jump out to you or promises that you're seeing or you know he's gonna speak to you that's the whole intention of why we're doing this so just kind of takes some time to spend with him first without anything else and then go to your tools the lesson written a commentary you read a devotion you do those are all tools those were all the result of those authors first and foremost spending time with him alone and that is the overflow of what they have learned. So I encourage you guys to develop that relationship as well for your own selves in how he wants to speak to each one of you. So that's what I mean by guarding your methods. Um, if you were just beginning to learn what it means to study, take it slow. Make it your goal to learn one thing about the Lord and how you can specifically apply it. If you were a veteran at studying, Make it your goal to learn one thing about the Lord and how you can specifically apply it. And all the rest of us in between, make it your goal to learn one thing about the Lord and how you can specifically apply it. Because we are also guarding our walk with the Lord, we don't come to study to learn about God. We come to learn in order to respond to God. And that reminded me of one of my favorite quotes from many years ago that I read from Henry Blackaby. When God speaks and reveals himself, what I do next reveals what I believe about God. 
God's revelation is not for observation, but to enable obedience. Let's pray. Father, I'm excited for these new adventures and knowing that you will lead us each step of the way. You will be beside us and you will guard us. Father, I want to um, praise you for how you are leading these women and how you are at work in and through us to serve one another. Lord, we lift up this lesson, this new, se- this new season of studying, Father, and may it just be a time that we are corrected in our thinking, that we are encouraged, that we um, increase our worship, Father. Just be at work and give us ears to hear and eyes to see and fix our eyes on you as we learn and sit at your feet. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.